I gotta uh, step my game up. You guys are making me look bad. <laughs> um, yeah, so like you know, there'll be spot price um, six packs. Um, I'll get into the other price support a little bit later because I mean it is. You know what? Let's make it a HMG exclusive. HMG yeah. exclusive. I don't, I, I don't think we've even released this on the Bacon this Burgers is, yet. So, this, is, yeah, this is journalism right here. Welcome back to another episode of the HMG podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scorchin, and joining me today, I have the inimitable Hari Turner from the Bacon Burgers. And inhospitable. Also, uh, in, well, <laughs> that was Tristan for every all of our audio listeners, and of course, we have the uh, original, unmodifiable Tristan James, also from the Bacon Burgers podcast. Gentlemen, welcome what, to the what? show. Happy to be here. Thank you for having us. Pleasure to finally get on with our uh, West Australian brethren. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've spoken more to international people uh, than I have to the guys over at East. Believe it or not, for for October, I was in Melbourne for about twenty or thirty days. It was. It's been. It's been a wild, wild time for all of us here. But there's a specific reason we've got you guys on the show, uh, and that is CanCon. So for the for the viewers of HMG who. Uh, know about us but don't know about cancon i don't know how you manage that uh is cancon is basically the grand prix of bolt action in australia this is the the big national tournament all gloves off we've got house rules you guys are setting up some terrain all the other good stuff um let's not waste any more of our viewers time gentlemen if one of you wants to kick us off and tell us what you've got in store for us for uh 2023 cancon well it's shaping up to be the I think the biggest bolt action event in Australia's history, at mm-hmm. least fingers crossed it will be, uh, possibly in the Southern Hemisphere. I don't know what goes on in South America, so I'm not even going to try and speak for them. And South Africa, I again. I heard there was I, a, I, I heard they had a massive influx of Germans at some stage in Argentina, but I don't know what happened <laughs> after that. Yeah, we well, stopped asking questions after 46. <laughs> I have to be a bit more, a bit more gracious to our uh, South African players. Uh, Gordon Smith, I think, on there, actually just shared our most recent episode. Right. I, I, honestly, I wish I paid him for it because he did such a good job. He really deserves money. So. He, well, the, I'll tell you this, though. I'll tell you this. I think that Gordo is no longer in South, uh, South America and South Africa. Huh. I don't think he's there anymore. I think he's moved. Right. So, okay. Gordo, if, if you're listening, reach out, man. I'm pretty sure he's in maybe France or the UK now. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So because we, yeah, we looked at we looked at having him on because we were looking at we just we we, we like to talk to everybody. We're complete yeah. um, on the bacon burgers. We you know we'll just we will talk to anybody. Um, and yeah, we reached out to Gordon because we thought you know South African bolt action. Let's talk about that. You know, yeah. like. Is everyone out there running Rhodesians? But um, <laughs> yeah, he was. He said, "Oh, look, you know, I'd love to be on, but you know, right now I'm actually just trying to move house, and it's uh, it's actually move country. So, right, okay. you know, say that with a grain of salt. I have been known to get things wrong in the past, um, but yeah, so far as I understand, um, uh, just, just, in case, just in case anybody missed that, I think you. I can't. No, 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 no. Not fucking get into that. Uh, go, just, go to the Bacon Burgers Facebook page. Uh, if you don't yeah. like, it, like it and follow um, it, but, but have a look at, at some of the explanatory stuff that's gone up there recently. Yeah, that was a that was an oopsie. And none of it was thread. none of it 
absolutely none of it was intentional. It yeah, was all accidental, yeah. and it's just me talking out of my ass, which I'm I've been doing now for the better part of about six or seven years on this on this format. Yeah, honestly, it, it's it's so easy, and I think a lot of people don't appreciate how easy it is to do to say something like that. Um, oh yeah, Hari Hari will attest to this. We'll be talking about something, and then all of a sudden I'll go, "Hang on, I'm meant to have like this written down. Where is this? Oh fuck it, we'll just sorry. I shouldn't swear. I'm really sorry. I'm um, I'm. Deep, it can deep, be yeah. uh, it can be an adventure when you're on a phone call with Tristan because you have no idea what's going to fly out of his mouth from one sentence to the next. You, you just... play like this, it's not that bad. <laughs> Honestly, the, one of the things that I still live by is that I think we think we did our Armies of the US review six months ago now, maybe a little bit mm. longer. I still get the occasional message of somebody's like, "Hey, you said you could take Marine Stubborn. Is that like in an FAQ somewhere? I don't see it." And I was like, "No, no, I just stuffed up. You can't, you can't make them stubborn." hundred <laughs> percent, yeah. And then you had to live with that crime for yeah. the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. you got to carry like, that burden. I've been playing America drawing. I didn't take my Marine stubborn. I was like, yeah, it's because you can't. I'm just full of shit. He says you can't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think uh, like when we first started recording, like you know, way way back in the day when it was just myself and Garrett and Rob, we we had entire episodes where we would just spout nonsense, <laughs> and then we get people contacting us like Hari, and he would just go, "You do realize that's not right." You, you realize that? And it was like, mm, I didn't, but you know, mm, okay. <laughs> All right, I'll apologize uh, for our next episode and then we'll not do that either. Like, uh, on the railroad of, of talking shit, uh, let's let's go back to talking about CanCon. Large no, we are. We've, no. In the Southern yeah, Hemisphere. We're, we're <laughs> rabbit holes. Yeah, yeah, rabbit holes. <laughs> rabbit holes. Largest really event good, in the Southern really. Hemisphere. How many players have you got tacked on so far? So far, we've got 26, 26. 28. Yeah. Is that aiming... bought and yeah. paid for? That is bought and paid for. Yeah. So um, on the Facebook, so the, the the pain in the bum is that on the Facebook on the Facebook group we're sitting on around about thirty. Yeah. But I know out of that thirty, there's another ten that are definitely confirmed to come. Okay. Now, okay. the the bolt action community in general is pretty slow to sort of. I'm I'm a freak show within this hobby, and I'm fully aware of that. If you announce an event that I'm coming to, I'll pay my payment entry the minute registration opens, and I'll have a list to you within about five minutes, even if the event's six months out. I don't care. All players like, yeah, be like that. Kristen, please. <laughs> no, just, all players yeah. do not be like Tristan. Oh, no, no, the, no, no, no. Uh, on the uh, the Aussie meta would not survive. Oh god, <laughs> I don't want to see LRDG gated every tournament. Please, no. <laughs> it's years, I sold that army pre-COVID. It was just gone. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we initially planned for about a hundred players. We were hoping for one hundred and twenty. We think we're going to be in the ballpark of about 80. Now, wow. we okay. we definitely have the tables to account for that. So far, we have 40 confirmed tables of terrain coming. Amazing. And of those yeah. 40, at least 18 are being brought by the bacon burgers themselves. <laughs> yep. Good hustle. The entire podcast is all in on this. <laughs> yeah, um, so I've got, I think I've got 10. Sneaky's got four. Rube's got two. Garrett's got one. How many are you bringing, Hari? Three. Four. Four, yeah, it's and it's like we are. I've all of my hobby has ground to a halt. Like I'm off to um, Brad's uh, Brad and Lee's event, Operation Bear, this weekend. Um, I had to take a variation of the list that I took to England, and I had to make most of my infantry veteran just to <laughs> soak up enough points so I didn't have to paint anything new. And I'm like, you know what? That'll do. I'm all good. Yeah, that'll. I'm just going to keep on painting stuff. And I like all I've been doing is painting terrain. Um, I said to my wife only two or three days ago, 
because uh, she didn't. She, Nikki didn't realize what it was that we were trying to achieve. Because right. um, okay. I said we were sitting on the couch the other night, and she said, "You're really quiet. What's going on?" And I'm like, oh, "I'm just stressed about CanCon." She's like, "You've never been stressed like this about an event." And I'm like, "Yeah, I've never run anything this big." And she's like, "Hang on a minute, you're running this." And I'm like, "How have you missed that?" <laughs> like, we've had conversations about this. She's like, "Oh, okay. What well, is it big?" And I said, "Well, yeah, it's like a hundred players. It's huge. It's it's like it's we're trying to put event. on like you yeah." Know, yeah. <laughs> And, you know, we've got all this stuff coming in. I know. I mean, she doesn't listen to what I say anyway half the time when it comes to hobby. And uh, to be fair, I don't. Well, yeah, do I. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) Yeah, good day, Tristan. Yeah, no, sounds great. Yeah, do it. Bye. Yeah, pretty much. He's doing well. Yeah, I mean, we are. I am getting a few sketchy looks here and there because when I walk out, I'm usually covered in varying states of either dried plaster, paint Mm. flecks, or filler. So it's like, um, which white substance are you using today? Yeah. It's just... (laughs) It's, it's a nightmare. It's a monumental undertaking. And I think I'm probably not too far off when I say that Tristan and I, there may have been a little um, underestimation of yeah. how much it was going to pile onto us. Yeah. yeah. Like an event is always an arduous task to put on. A two-day event mm-hmm. is always strenuous. Yeah. A two-day event at this scale, it's yeah. beyond anything we've encountered before. It truly Coordinating is. Coordinating price support, yep. Um, yep. you know, lining up a player's pack. Getting that player's pack as airtight as possible. And look, there probably are one or two mistakes in there that are going to let things slip through. Always but, are, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we've put as much energy into it as we possibly can, and we're going to put a whole lot more in. Yeah. So players are going to walk away from this event very, very satisfied. That's all you can, can ask for, now. right? is, is you, the, you put the energy in right. setting up the event and they bring it on the day and you get all of it back. And yeah, yeah. That, that's all you can ask for, really. I, I I very much hear what you're saying about sort of the the amount of work that goes into running an event. The, the one that I ran locally, I sort of took the reins off one of the TOs on, on one of the club days who normally does it. And he was still behind the scenes helping with prize support and stuff. And and the mm. stuff that I expected to take up all of my time was was actually really fast. What ended up taking all of my time was basically just poking players. Like, where's your mm. list? Oh, yeah. Are you still coming? Have you registered? And I maybe yeah. bit up a bit more than I could chew because it was a team event. So if you lose a player, it's super awkward. I um, mean, if you get an odd number yeah. of teams, it's even more awkward. But look, it all worked out in the end. And, and it was just one of those things where you're constantly like, can you still make it? Can you still make it? How familiar are you with this? And that sort of thing. Just... It's a lot yeah, of admin, I, just genuine I, admin. I completely agree. And it's one of those things that I think I think um from a from a player point of view, it's something that I definitely didn't consider until For I sure. started running events. Is that there's that whole dynamic of like I need to know roughly how many people are coming so I know how much money I've got coming in, so I know yeah. how much price support to yeah. buy. So I could, you know, make sure that all my players, you know, are looked after, that everything is done, that I'm not out of pocket, that blah 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 blah. And then you get players that say, Oh, you know, can I fix you up on the day? Oh, can I uh, I'll I'll yeah, I'll pay tonight and they never do. And it's just like, please, just, I know you just, I just sit on the couch, pull your phone out and just do it. Please yeah, just get me a yeah. list. I just need your list. Mm, like yeah, yeah. people are just very, you know, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm not that way inclined when it comes to coming to other people events, but I mean, it, yeah. I mean, I guess that's probably one of my, you know, what's an anti-shortcoming. One of the good things about me is I'm very proactive when it comes to getting that stuff in. Whereas, you know, other people aren't, that's fine, whatever. But it just makes it harder. For, it makes our jobs a lot harder. You guys could mm. uh, appreciate that. Just just made me realize I'm like 10 days out from a local event and I still haven't paid or submitted my list. Oh, so shit. Yeah. me, Tristan. <laughs> I did tell him I was coming. 
Guarantee yeah. Yeah. yeah, see, I hear that all the time. Oh, yeah, man, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. And then on the day, where are you? Oh, yeah, nah. It, uh, look, fair yeah. enough, credit where credit's due. I, get, I totally get that. But every event that I said I'm going to, I have been there. Mm, that's right. That's, that's the way dedication. to do it. Yeah, so, that's good. Right. So back to, back to CanCon specifically. Um, mm. What is, so we've talked about sort of, you know, all the prep work that comes in. You've got 80 or 100 players. But the players pack is a little different. Um, talk us through why uh, we can get through kind of what is different in a second, but I want to understand where you guys went. Okay, we don't just want uh, the bolt action that everybody knows and loves. We want we wanted this to be our thing. So so where well, did, where did that start? Can I? I'll, I'll I'll jump in on this one. So basically, to, it's it is it is still the, the the same bolt action that we all know and love, but um, the. The rub with CanCon is, I mean, we're we're essentially just calling CanCon what it has always been. It is the most competitive event. Now, you can be yep. a non-competitive gamer and still come to CanCon and have a great time. Absolutely. Because yep. by, by game two or game three, you know, the one group of players is going to go one way and the other group of players is going to go the other way. And one group of players is just going to throw dice, fart around, have fun, slap each other on the back, you know, go and get a drinker. And the other side is going to go hard for it. And I've been at the pointy end of the stick. And I tell you what, all of my games at the pointy end of the stick have always been fantastic. It's a wonderful thing about both action. Yeah, because you are playing like-minded people. Yeah, but um, it's we didn't want to change it too much, but we did notice that there were there were things that we felt could improve, uh, you know how you know people's overall experience. But we also right. found that there was um, there were units that we just never saw. Okay, I mean media machine guns. Who has ever seen a media machine gun? And I can confirm that out of the th- <laughs> yeah, no, I mean yeah, I mean you were evidently you're a freak show. Congratulations, you know. Well, <laughs> you're the one person who's won an event with three veteran media machine gun teams. Yeah, that's amazing, <laughs> brilliant. Um, and I, I I applaud you, sir. I truly do. That's that's amazing. Um, but this here's the thing: like, how many uh, Harry? We have we've only had like three or four lists, haven't we? Yeah. And I think out of, um, out of them, don't say names. Don't say names. <laughs> have had media machine guns. Yeah, well, that's half half of the field. So far. Yeah, straight off the bat, like no one has plumped for theater selectors or nations that get you free units. Free yeah, 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 media yeah. machine guns. Okay, so. Yeah, I've yet to see a list that has spammed the crap out of um, a, a, any sort of armored carrier, open-topped armored carrier. Um, there's there's all kinds of things that you can do with what we've provided, and we'll get into what we've provided later. But the idea was to give you a good experience on your bolt action, let you bring some additional toys that perhaps you don't see that frequently, and also make it so that you know people can kind of you know bring the tough stuff or you know have a bit of fun. Yeah, mm. perfect. So we understand the why, right? So we said you guys want you want to call a spade a spade. We want a, mm. a competitive event to be a competitive, and and as you quite rightly pointed out, just because the gloves are off doesn't mean you can't have fun. Uh, no. And, and so, okay, good. I like that. I think I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with, particularly in bolt action. I've seen I've seen a few players who get really kind of efficient picks or they pick nations that have really nice kind of synergies or combos and they go oh i'm a thematic player it's like yeah just call a spade a spade there's nothing wrong with with yeah. being out there to win and, and having a tough list um and my lady my my, my lady gerg of 2020 was a was a glaring example of that it's like that was a that was it was thematic yeah. and it was it was true to um to the theme of um uh i i, I think yeah. my 
uh, my entire force around Operation Bass. Right. Okay. Uh, right. The Bass Raid, you know, the the attack on Tobruk, and it was very, you know, very very thematic. It was also ruthlessly efficient. Right. It did exactly what I wanted it to do, and yeah, you know, like you know, I had a lot of practice with that list, but it was yeah, I I you can do both is what I'm getting at. I, absolutely, but it, more more so, what I was trying to say is that is that people will bring things that are ruthless and not just acknowledge that they're ruthless as well. It's oh yeah, like you can you can absolutely do both, but as you said, call a spade a spade. So that's yeah, I'm all about that. What look? Let's let's talk about the details of this players pack. So just a quick glance over here a few things i'm liking one multiple launcher per army nice um that's a very uh a common thing that happens in these competitive lists particularly with multiple platoons is you see multiple launcher spam which is nice because they're just too efficient for the points mm. maximum of two flamethrowers per army fair enough multiple platoons allowed again making sense that you've gone for multi platoons but you've said chill out on the multiple launchers and the flamethrowers that yeah. makes sense yeah is there a limit to the number of platoons? Um, we okay. Short answer is no. Okay, we didn't put a cap on the number of platoons. Having said that, don't take the piss. The number of platoons, yeah. One, okay. don't take, <laughs> and two, the number of platoons I is don't... limited by your points. Yeah, yeah. If you can I... somehow squeeze fifteen platoons into twelve fifty points, first of all, hats off to you. Second of all. What the hell? Why, Why would you do Why that? Why would you do that? Yeah, the it's... Multiple platoons was more... We wanted to see people play around with their list composition. Right. And the multiple launcher cap comes out of that. Yep. Because we, were, we are allowing theatre selectors. Now, there are selectors out there that... Let's be honest, not all theatre selectors are created equal. No. No, they're not. If I had to pick the one off the top of my head, the CeeLo Height selector... If you don't cap multiple launches with that selector, you're in for a real problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you can have, in a double platoon, eight multiple launches. Yep. Now, while that might seem thematic, the idea yep. of you know, mass katushas just yeah. firing, flip it the other way. Who wants to play against that? Yeah, you're giving Rube, you're giving Rube's ideas. You need to you need to canvas right now. You never know, go for it's, it. It's a total lack of agency. Like what what do you yeah. do? Do you just sit there and you just like where the one in six chance by eight by number of units they can clip? Like that's yeah, fun. It's, yeah. The analogy I like to use is for forty k players back in sixth edition when orcs used to have a move when orcs would start their movement phase, and you'd have maybe twenty space marines on the table, and there'd be about three hundred orcs staring at you. And you'd go away, get a sub, get a coffee, do your taxes, mm. have your next birthday, come back, and they've finished. Yeah. It's, it's boring. You become a spectator in a game where you should be a player. Yeah, yeah. It's no fun for anyone. Absolutely. Uh, multiple nation, Multinational platoons are not allowed. So would this be kind of like US and UK as separate platoons? Uh, not okay, yeah. but something so, like Triscott Trotters would be fine? Um. Again... So with lists like Truscott Trotters, that has to be judged on its own merits. Fair enough. But with the release of the Soft Underbelly book, that sort of opened the gates for multinational platoons. Now, I don't have a problem with them per se. I realize that there are situations where American armor supported British infantry, vice versa, but it could lead to some less than savory combinations. Okay. And someone who spends long enough looking at the rules would find those combinations. Yep. Personally, I don't want to be in a situation on the day where I have to look at a list 
and resist the urge to smack myself in the head and then smack the player who brought it in the head. Yeah, I think the the, just the Nisei go for broke ones and some of the US ones, you look at them, you're just like, uh, that got published? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, multinational platoons seem a little bit odd for me in to be present in bolt action. If you're playing at, say, 3,000 points, fair enough. Yeah, okay, I see what but you're saying. to me, it it sort of it throws back to Flames of War version mm. 3, mm -hmm. where you could have, because it's a company-level game, Yeah. so you could have a platoon of British commandos running around in the background Yeah. while, you know, your American infantry push up and do their thing. Yeah. But I personally, it was something that I didn't see the need for to be present at CanCon. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. I think also I, I, it really the devil's in the scale. Because like mm. you, if you if you look at something like you know Market Garden, Normandy, whatever, you know there was a lot of even even in those cases you had these units working together, but it was more so by coincidence. And yeah, not and then by design. How how as a player do you take a slice of that operation and represent it at a platoon plus? It doesn't. I, I can see it both ways, but I think it's yeah, it's in it's, in soft underbelly particularly. It's kind of like it works because that theater selector is fighting that theater selector in this big yeah. mission, so it it's not as abusable or is not as uh, vulnerable to to abuse in other situations. But when you start opening it up, it's it's a bit funky. Yeah, I mean, no one wants to come across a horde of Japanese fanatics backed up by Brandenburgers, like. That's no. not going to play well. No, again, you can give ideas. You just all you get to do is give me ideas. <laughs> you know, we'd never go for it. He but, you know, it's that he thing of would. you don't want to come across, uh, you know, a German grenadier platoon and think, okay, yep, I'm all good, and then turn three, some Finnish Kalkapadio come on your back line, and you're like, hang on, where the hell did they come from? Yeah, like, yeah. Or, yeah. I'm giving you ideas now, Tristan. So shut yep. up. Well, yep. well, the other thing I was thinking was you take uh, lines of Carantan and Kalkapadio. And, and basically you just, you start the entire game 24 inches up the board and then you come off their board edge and it's like, yes, we're playing bolt action on a six by two, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> you like that. I like that I'm a considering lot. Considering the pros and cons of lobotomy by sculpting tool. Yeah. Right no, no, it's good. It's good. You keep talking, Ross, and you, you, you're playing uh, my tune. Yeah. Jeez. So just, uh, just flat avoid multinational platoons. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Makes sense. I get that. That's where we're Theme at. games go for your life, but competitive, but CanCon, sorry guys, it's a no yeah. from there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of the things that that I'm I'm sort of astutely aware of is is event uh, like seeding and and uh, who's going to fight who in day one and and then how you're going to go through that. I think a very common thing that gets derided is like a oh, Swiss pairing with a random seed doesn't make sense. And you got to do Swiss pairing with top versus bottom. So the good guys end up fighting and then people complain that, that, you know, you, if you're not that experienced, you walk up against an experienced player round one, you get dumpstered and then you're supposed to have a good time after that. There are, and I think a lot of those conversations miss the nuance that all of these structures are an intentional compromise. You always choose to have mm. one thing over something else. Uh, how are you guys choosing to do that sort of seeding group structure or whatever? How, how's that going to work for CanCon? So straight off the bat, it's a true Swiss event. Okay. Round one, we will go for as historical as possible matchups. Oh, okay. Nice. Or like, we are not 
or yeah it's not to the level of detail of okay this is a 1940s german sure yeah yeah, 1940s bef platoon but we will try yeah we will try for that but where possible it will be red versus blue for the entirety of the first round beyond that it is purely up to the players to decide who they face based off of their game result so if you have a four points win you will then face someone who also had a four points win if you have a four points loss the same is true your opponent will also have a four points loss through that you'll see you know the pointy end of the stick as tristan puts it will filter to the top the less pointy end will filter to the bottom whoever's in the mid ground they'll probably stay in the middle of the pack for the first day they may shift a little bit up and down on the scale yeah we've all been there where you end up with like you know two wins two draws and a lot or something what we want was an event where we tried to enforce historical matchups for every round because it is nigh on impossible and it skews events right out the results do not accurately reflect players performances on the day yeah so in keeping with the the two well the first cancon event i went to was run by peter west and following in his footsteps the man the myth the legend oh yeah um the second one was a little bit different uh the to bruce he tried to go for historical matchups on for all three games on the first day okay because i took fins it meant that i had to play two games against russians right and yeah it wasn't my second round opponent had a full, had a major victory. I had a major loss, but because yeah. he was taking Russians, I took wins. We fought each other. And it yeah, was kind of like, it was. I get what you're going for there, yeah. but hats as off, a player, hats off was... to Bruce for that. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. But it was like I was. I, I came through on four major wins. Now I know for a fact that uh, Paul Collins, who's one of the you know one of the best players in Australia that we have currently, he came through on the same points. Now. I found this out much later that Paul and I should have played each other, and yet I ended up playing a lovely gentleman, a lovely gentleman called Jeff. Paul ended up playing somebody else, but you know it sort of begs the question: it's like, why didn't I play Paul? Like that right. should have been top yeah. table, yeah. but it wasn't. So there is kind of a a question mark hanging over what the result of that game would have been. Oh yeah, and I, I'll I'm, put my I'm, hands up, put my hand up straight away, and say I would love to know the result of that game. Yeah, but you know I don't I don't think the stars are going to align for that to happen. I think. I think it's it's one of those things where I I very much like the intent of of that of constantly facing historical battles and I think this is the you're going to hopefully overcome that by calling a spade a spade you know if you're stuck between mm, yeah. trying to have a thematic narrative event that attracts a national audience like you kind of you really got to sell it one way or the other you can't sort of that's it in my opinion as far as the canberra scene is concerned that's what's what that is what wintercon is for yeah yeah if you want to yeah. if you want to drive in a narrative point or you want to do something you know left of center yeah wintercon wintercon is the way to do it wintercon's a fantastic event um but yeah cancon's the big one yeah. so i mean realistically i think it's no different to the conversation players have before game about terrain before yes. running an event a to needs to have a conversation with themselves and say okay what kind of event do i want to put on yep Many, Am I going many... for a themed event? Am I going for a competitive event? Yeah. Is it going to be true Swiss? Am I going to try and have these historical pairings? Yeah. You need to find your own line in the sand before you can then get people adhering to it. Yeah. If you fail to do many, that, they just how many, how many conversations have you and I had over the last yeah. six months in regards to this? Too many. No, <laughs> I, I, it, yeah. I check my phone bill. Most of my calls are either incoming or out 
Like, oh yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. If I look at my call log, there's at least twice. Like I'm, I'm, I'm clocking at least two, maybe three calls to you a day. <laughs> I, some of it, some of it is just a bullshit with you, but most of it is like, hey, I've thought about this. How do you want to handle this? Hey, I've spoken to this guy. He's on board for this. You know, there's, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it, it just, it just doesn't stop. And that's what you get for running something this big. So, and no, we're we're fine with that. You know, we we mm. understood that we were we were undertaking something that was going to be yeah um, pretty challenging. But yeah, anyway. So sorry, we've got on. we've we've talked to the list. We've got Swiss pairing all the way through. It's mm. it's interesting um, that you guys went with that. I actually really like it. One of the things that we do in WA out of convention is that we do. We always do red versus blue, but it's kind of Swiss pairing inside of red versus blue. So the top red will play the top blue, the and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, in, in my event, I had a kind of odd number of teams and it was a team event. So what I wanted to do was single out the best general, um, the best single individual player. And and I got a lot of feedback from that. It goes, hey, how come we didn't have an, an allies and an axis sort of best general? And I was like, well... You had best allied team, best access team, and and I wanted to acknowledge sort of one player who was really carrying mm. their weight, um, and and it's just it's just one of those things that that was signaled in advance. It was in the players pack and all that sort of stuff, and and I think it's it's very critical that that as communicative as you are, it, you just kind of have to accept that sometimes if you're going to make a change, that people will be like, hey, you made this change, and be like, yeah, I'm okay with that, um, and I understand that there are compromises, and that's the decision. You know, I accepted those compromises. Same with going full Swiss pairing or, or not going full Swiss pairing and that sort of thing. Yeah. So um, speaking of, of some other colorful choices, I had a quick look at some of the missions. We've got quite a few Bolt Action Alliance ones in there and a couple from the rule book. How did you guys go with mission selection? This is a very contentious issue. Um, demolition is very hot in WA in, in, in not necessarily a good way. Whenever we include demolition, um, we get a very uh, polarized set of feedback. Not that you guys did, but I was just curious, uh, do you guys get the same sort of thing with, with missions? Like, oh, why did you choose uh, sectors as in there? Like, why did you choose sectors again? Sectors is a really balanced mission. Um, yep. uh, we yeah, use sectors. Um, and the one thing I would put out straight away is um, anybody listening, um, go and check out the Bolt Action Alliance. Absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah missions um uh brad morin of cast ice can write the absolute shit out of a mission uh he's he he is genuinely good he thinks about it they are um they're balanced they're playable there's no rubbish they're very uh, easy to understand the victory conditions are, are, are really good um i have zero issues with the majority of brad's missions um yep. even something like um I, the, uh, there was one called kitty hawk down that, I love that doesn't mission. necessarily it's a great mission, but not for an event. Competitive, um, event. yeah. Not for a competitive event. Um, I, I find that you know, for a you know, just farting around with the boys in the shed, brilliant. That's a great mission. It's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, then he did this supply drop mission, and I've played that a few times now, and it's just yeah, it gives you that sort of that random element that you're looking for that you know, it sort of forces you to you know, sort of accept a level of adaptability that maybe you're not comfortable with, yeah. But also keeps it you know very very competitive. Um, yeah, Brad's missions are great. Like, why wouldn't we include those? They're, they're really good. If I had to pick five missions out of the book, I'd struggle. I really would. I yeah. don't think the mission rule books, the, mm. the, rule, the rule missions are not particularly good. Um, the other thing is a lot of people have played the living Christ out of them. Like, yeah. let's do something yeah. different. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we decide to do this in 2024, I mean, that's a big if. 
Um, there may even be, um, there might even be some missions. I, like I said, I just, I've literally just, I've only just recently come back from the UK. Yep. I played in an event that was run by the Juggernauts and the missions they run are really good as well. Yeah. So, you know, we might start looking at some of those and, you know, sort of rolling some of those into some, maybe some of the VBAL events. We'll play test them here. But mm. yeah, the reason that we chose those is, um, it's, it's, Four objective-based missions and then a kill points mission right at the end. So, okay. you know, at the end of game four, when your brain's falling out of your nose and you can barely see straight, what mission do you want? Just go and kill the other guy. Right. Just okay. go and just go and beat the shit out of him and have fun. And that's your decider, um, eh? Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's the last game. Like, I, there's nothing I hate more than having, uh, you know, a, a, an objective-based mission, game five, when you can't think straight, you've you've you're absolutely cooked out of your brain. You think, oh, this is I I just need this to be over. I'm done, um, you know, which is pretty amusing yeah. because um, you know, I'm off to Operation Bear, which is a two day five game event in a, like a day, mm. um, and I imagine that's what's going to happen with me. But yeah, we felt the kill points mission, uh, the, the the rule book kill points mission was good. Sectors is a good mission. I got no issues with that. Yeah, demolition. Yeah, I, I there's there's just too much. There's too much, is there's too much... even in the players pack? Because... No, no, no. no I was not. just saying, no, 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 like, no. why no. did you guys choose yeah. the missions? Because one of the things that happens with, with us right. is that it becomes pretty contentious, the missions mm. make yeah. it into players pack. So yeah. I was just curious what your thought processes were. So two-day event at CanCon, day one is Heartbreak Ridge, Bolt Action Alliance, yep. Sector oh. Rule Rulebook, Nuts for round three, again, Bolt Action yep. Alliance. Day two, yep. opening the day with Supply Drop, which is sort of the competitive version of um, Kitty Hawk Down. I did yep. actually get to play test supply drop with Brad himself just a few weeks yeah. ago. And it's a great um, mission. Great mission. Brad's a, a great guy. He's a fantastic player. Um, yep. We Unfortunately, I was short on time, so we didn't have enough beers. But that's that's probably been my only regret in the last couple of years is that I didn't have enough time <laughs> to have more beers with Brad. Um, hi, ah. Brad. <laughs> but yes, so... And then the last one is No Man's Land, which is which is just a straight kill yep. points one. Is No yep. Man's Land up, yeah. uh, the one with the line of sight limitation? Um, for turn one, or am I, think I so? Confused? Yeah, I've, I've I've I packed my army for the weekend, yeah. and my rule book yeah. is on the other side of the hobby cave. So I yeah, um, off the top uh, of my head, I think it might be. Oh look, here's what um, I prepared. Hey, there you go. Hey, Open that bad go. boy up and see what see what happens. Because um, but yeah, this is something that always gets forgotten: is that line of sight limitation turn one. If it is, oh yeah. If it's not in this one, it's in one of the other ones. And a lot of players forget about it. Yeah, that. it is. No Man's Land, turn one, visibility is limited to 24 inches. Excellent. Yeah. Sweet. It yeah. Basically, it gives you a chance to get up the board and then turn two, it just everything happens. Got, got to love a so, bit of posturing. In, in oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I enjoy oh, yeah. that. So, um, yeah, like, I mean, Heartbreak Ridge is probably one of my all-time favorite missions. Um, and we've been playing that one for years, and it's just such a good... You know, having the three objectives on the on the um, on the diagonal, the middle objective being worth one point, the objective in your half being, yeah. being worth nothing, and then the enemies worth three. It really sort of makes you think. It's like, right? Do I put do I push everything onto the middle objective? Keep him away, guard mine a little bit. Do I make a big play for his objective? Like, there's all these things that come into play, and it's it's yeah. a it's a really good, solid, well written mission. Um, and then after that. Uh, yeah, Sectors is one of the best book missions that they've got in there. Yeah. Um, Nuts is just a heap of fun because there's just so many objectives and it, there's just you know things happening all over the place. What I they just yeah they're yeah, well thought out. What I really like about Sectors, particularly in this pack, is your limit on uh, multiple launches. I mm. think that's 
I don't know how much you guys have come across this, but I did it in one game and it's kind of steered into my mind. I played, uh, I think it was a 15 or 16 dice Australian list. Um, lot, lots of scouts, lots of support weapons. No irregulars, actually. Mm. It was all like actual um, infantry. Uh, and and I played sectors and I didn't put anything in reserve. Uh, and, and my opponent had a multiple launcher and he just like, first dice, first activation goes, oh, hey, I can hit like 12 units. Uh, and and I, I learned my lesson very quickly about high dice yeah. Yeah. and sectors in particular. But I think like because because you're still limited to fifty percent of your force in reserve and, and all the other sorts of stuff. Because sectors mm. is a corner deployment, basically. That's right. And if you get a building yep. in there, you know I played another game of sectors with an eight dice American list at a thousand points, um, and there was a building in my corner, and of course that got targeted by multi launcher, and he rolled mm. and he rolled against every one of my units, and I was like, well, I can't do anything about it because that's the size of the building footprint, and that's the rules. Um, and I think that would be so much worse if you had more than one multiple launcher. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things that funny like like multiple multiple launchers are kind of like the boogeyman. Is is yeah. this? It, it's one of those things like if you talk to if you talk to every single bolt action player on the face of the planet, fifty percent of them would say to you, "Oh my god, yeah, no, they're so OP. They need to fix that shit." And then the other fifty percent would go, <laughs> "Yeah, they're a joke." Yeah, mm. yeah, they just they do nothing. They it's a really good psychological advantage. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm one of those I belong in the ladder camps who run the heavier German vehicles, the yeah. Panthers, the Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. I'll usually stick a multi-launcher in there. Not because the multi-launcher is hideously effective at what it does, but because people see it and they go, oh, I'm going to spread out. And then yeah. I go, okay, so I can yeah. destroy unit after unit. Divide and conquer. Yeah. 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 But going back to Tristan's example, I guarantee you the 50% that are terrified of them had a horrible experience one game. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the yeah. other fifty percent are the guys that use them, and for the life of them, cannot roll a single six when they need to. Nope. Yeah, or or they know that you know, six turn game across six games. That's thirty six turns. They've still only landed ostensibly yeah. six hits, and so they know yeah. it's like oh, it's not a big deal. I think the the uh, there's not necessarily an issue, but yeah, the psychological impact is forcing your opponent to spread out, and it does mm. because if you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't is really what it comes down to. Uh, and I, go ahead. I feel the same. I feel the same way about the, the British artillery observer. It doesn't, yeah. it, it, it offers no real tangible threat other than it just forces your opponent to spread out. It's just, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. You're, back in version one, it destroy my own vehicles with depressing regularity. You're, 100%. You, you've uh, fixed some bayonets in WA. Uh, the local scene is extremely <laughs> passionate about artillery observers. <laughs> Um, there's a there's a group of, of gun players who all play together regularly uh, and mm. they they come from the school of artillery observers uh, and they're they use them very effectively and yeah a big part of it's area denial and they just force you to reposition and that sort of thing that's right but they're just like yeah. how dare you call them this or that and that sort of thing uh, I mean, it, it, it's one of those things. I mean, like, nobody likes the, having them used against them. Everyone likes using them because yeah, you just go, yeah. right, what's the juiciest target I can put some pins on? Yep. And then that's what I, that's, that's the area that I'm going to slow you down. And then I'll do this and this and this, and then I can put some mortar rounds on you. And then, you know, the cav come up and that's it. But that they have their utility, but I mean, they work, you know, sometimes they work, but you know, most of the rest of the time they don't. So Absolutely. I feel the same way about multiple launches. Multiple launches are one of those things that the boogeyman. Speaking of uh, boogeymen uh, in our hobby, 
Uh, talk to us about painting. I spotted here it says armies must be fully painted and based. Uh, is that a hardline requirement? Um, look, three, players... three, three colors and a wash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah three yeah, colors yeah. and a wash. Yeah. But if players want to be in serious contention for the category of best painted, yeah, of course, absolutely. Yeah, like of it's a given. Um, the amount of effort that we are putting into procuring and supplying the best level of terrain that we possibly can on yeah. the mainland, I will not even try to compete with what goes on in Tasmania because what oh. they do is absolutely insane. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, they're probably all retired, so they have all the time in the world. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's one of those things. I personally have never felt 100% comfortable rocking up with an army that's half finished. I've done it, yeah, fair but enough. I don't feel great about it. But we want to be able to put up, you know, photo dump after photo dump of beautifully painted armies on these amazing tables. You know, this is all part of the Cancun yeah. experience. Fair enough. Yeah, I get yeah. that. The, it makes sense. And I think, I think you know, the tabletop quality is a perfectly reasonable expectation, particularly for, for your big national event. Um, mm. Yeah, no arguments there. The publicity looks great. <laughs> yeah, if nothing absolutely. else but yeah i totally and I mean, get your point about there's also the element that this is the first warlord gt for bolt action that's yeah. being run in australia yeah officially okay. officially Official warlord GT. Right. yeah well like, so, gentlemen well done thank yeah, you thank you um but you know it's that thing of it looks good for the players it looks good for us it looks good for warlord it's a win -win -win. it gives them yeah. a positive impression that they can then go forward and say okay Let's keep doing this. Yeah. yeah. And I'll put it out to your listeners as well. If anybody is listening to this and thinking, I'd like to go, but I don't have a painted army, get in contact with Hari and myself because if 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 the if the only thing stopping you from attending this event is that you don't have a painted army to play, sh shit, I've got I've got, oh got at least 2,000 points of British paratroopers behind me. I will, I will bring British paratroopers for you. You can run my bloody DAC. You know, I will I'm, lend you an army. I 100%. don't care. I also know yeah. that the WA guys will be will be back. Uh, will be backing anyone who chooses to go. I know that there's a, yeah. there's a couple of guys mm. here locally. Um, one has, I think he's actually bought his ticket, both his plane ticket Con and his camp ticket. Connor? No. Is that Connor? Uh, Calder Jackson. Calder Jackson. Calder, that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm. He's Connor dead. Jackson is on. Connor Jackson is on the um uh, the main bolt action page. He's one of the American. Players, right. I think, yeah. yeah, Calder, yeah, no, he was, he was, he's, he reminds me a lot of me in that the minute we had Rego open, I think he was one of the first people yep. through the gate and said, "Here's my yeah. list." Yeah, yeah, looks good, son. Yeah, you, you do you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see this yet, but yeah, it's brilliant. And I think yeah. there's a couple um, of more as people. As far as loner armies go, please contact Tristan because the only thing I've got on hand is a half-finished Fifth Mountain Division army. Ruben, contact Ruben. <laughs> yeah, contact Rubes. He's got all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's if you can't be bothered <laughs> lugging it. If you're if you need an, a painted army, yeah. I'm sure any one of the guys in the podcast will do it. I'll offer my Americans, I'll offer my Australians. If you want Germans, I'll finish painting the rest of my Germans. It'll be done. Oh, don't say that, mate. You'll you'll get yourself in trouble saying stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like to live dangerously, Tristan. Yeah, uh, indeed, indeed. So, uh, some podium places: first, second, third. Best new player, that's that's amazing. I love that. No arguments here. I'm actually just going to plagiarize that for my for for my future events. So thanks for the thanks for the suggestion. Um, that's fine. Idle vice best theme, higher call, best sports, longest long march, furthest traveled. Do we have anybody beyond 
uh, Australia so far. Unless someone flies in from overseas, yeah, there's all it's and, and Tasmania doesn't count. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we said overseas, not over straits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I think at this stage, there's already a shoe in for that. Right. Okay. So, but okay. Yeah. Any, anybody coming from anybody who actually rocks up from Western Australia is going to be looking. It, it's a very promising uh, award. But I, I will take it just a second, just to point out that the best sports um, is yep. going to go home with a. We are actually thinking. Harry and I've been discussing this, and this isn't finalised. This is me okay. just shooting from the hip. So this doesn't eventuate. Don't hold me to it. But we figured that having this number of players over three days, it's going to be very difficult to find a definitive best sports. So you're going to um, get more than one, knowing the bolt action community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks to our friends at Kaiju, um, it looks like we might be having three slabs of beer to give away. So um, <laughs> the best sports um, will be going home with a uh, a slab of um, uh, yeah Kaiju uh, pale. Amazing. <laughs> um they are inc- those guys are so cool um and we're also giving away six packs um those was it the first foobar that kills one of your own yeah. units the first person to take out a building with a tank first person to kill an officer i gotta uh, step was- my game up you guys are making me look bad <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so like you know there'll be spot price um six packs um i'll get into the other price support a little bit later because i mean it is it's you should see the stuff I've got in my front room at the moment. It's it's bonkers. It's it's properly bonkers. The stuff I've got sitting there at the moment. That it's just the generosity from the international bolt action. Mm. You know, the the manufacturers has oh, just yeah. been astounding. Yeah, we've. It was. Um, I think when I ran an event, it was the first WA event that was supported by War and Peace, who are the mm. Australian oh, warlord distributors. And absolute like, legend. It was. It, it was one of those things where it was super last minute. You know, we weren't. I don't think the relationship had fully been finalized. Uh, yeah mm-hmm. and then we reached out to them we go hey sorry it's last minute any chance you can hook us up and they said yep we'll get something to you and that was sort of two weeks before the event and we're just like yeah and it was still kind of in the works and paperwork is being figured out it's wednesday the events on saturday and the you know we reach out to them one more time and they're just like yep we're all good to go we'll pop something in a jiffy bag for you and it gets there friday i'm just wow. like you guys are uh Ian and Sean are amazing. Oh, yeah. Those two guys are just absolute. Ian's our, well, Sean is, Sean is our official warlord contact. Okay. Um, he's doing a lot of work. He's working very closely with those guys. We we are meeting with Sean um, at the moment uh, once a month just to discuss, you know, how everything's uh, progressing and how it's all uh, tracking. Um, but yeah, War and Peace, that, like, I think they've been around supporting bolt action events since before yeah. there was bolt action. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I would say to like anybody listening to this in the Australian community, if you do need something, I would suggest, you know, like I understand that it's very uh, enticing to go and look at mighty eight because you'll save yeah. a couple of bucks, but just remember that, you know, um, guys like war and peace, the reason that we have so much good shit to give away at our events is because those people are overly generous. Yep please buy things from them over just, you know, buying it online. If you can't get it from them, I get that. Yeah, Go on, yeah, yeah. You know, blow your wallet out, all good. But if you can buy it through War and Peace, buy it through War and Peace because, like, they look after us so frequently and they're amazing and their shipping time's really good. Their customer service is excellent. Their product range is, is great. Their knowledge is fantastic. Like, I, I can't speak highly enough of those guys. They're just, they're just awesome. They're they're absolutely a stellar crew, and we're mm. community is very lucky to have them supporting us. But 
Are let's, we just? Let's leave those prizes as a bit of a teaser before we get into them. Oh, sure, uh, sure, sure, sure. Now we can get to the uh, contentious part of the rule pack, uh, or the, the players pack. Rules changes. Uh, so this is this is what I alluded to about bolt action not might not being the bolt action you know and love. I mean, of course, the core, the rules changes are obviously yep. a lot shorter than the rule book, so it's not like you've massively yep. changed the game. <laughs> but talk us through why you guys wanted to do rule changes in the first place. Was this the same thing as like? You know, we wanted this to be a gloves-off event, um, but at the same time, we wanted to see some stuff you don't normally see. Is that where you came from with the rules changes? Yes, next question. (laughs) It didn't so much come from the gloves-off approach. It was more the fact that, like, we're not entirely sure what the WA meta is like. But for the events that I'd been to and the events that I'd run, I was seeing very formulaic lists um oh yeah until warlord started tweaking with tiger fear just about every german list was four squads of veteran grenadiers loaded to the gills with panzerfaust assault rifles and a tiger and a, pan, a panzer four for the obligatory tiger fear mm-hmm. now okay yeah it was they're not Sniper, medium order never worth uh yeah um two trucks you know, a couple of trucks and a, a jeep sorry a kid, but, cuba wagon same, yeah, same on I this mean, end the whole yeah. thing yeah, yeah the whole thing was it was good events were running but it just got stale after a while. It does, yeah. There were, you know, for all the talk about how iconic the Hanamag is or, you know, the M5 half-track for the, the Americans, British, when do you ever see them? Yeah. They're just not point-sufficient for what they do. And because of that, people are just ignoring them. When there's an opportunity there, they, in the Melbourne scene, there used to be an award called the Hannah Swag Award. Mm. That was because half tracks were so horrifically bad, you would get an award if you rocked up running one. Mm. Oh, now, amazing. What a door prize. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But we kind of thought that it was a shame that these more iconic units aren't seen. So why not tweak a few things to incentivize players to bring them? Fair enough, we didn't perhaps anticipate that, you know, things could be spammed. But at the end of the day, if you are spamming brain carriers, you, you're not really going to have enough infantry to hold objectives long term. You can't afford to fight a war of attrition. Speaking as someone who took four brain carriers to CanCon, it's not a viable tactic, I can tell you now. Yeah, because people Maybe, are just going to, like, with 1250 points, people are going to have the tools to deal with you. Yeah. yeah. You've got to play very carefully. You have to treat each one of those brain carriers and its accompanying infantry with with absolute care. You really got to yeah. care about each one of those guys. Then, and I think it is still a ruthless list. Don't get me wrong; very capable. But I think the fragility will catch a lot of people out, especially as you said at twelve fifty. So, well, this, yeah, yeah. And you also look at stuff like I mean, one of the other rules changes that we made was in regards to soft skin vehicles. Well, so yeah, if they get shot with anything before, yeah, we get anything. To that, um, yeah, go on. The actual rules change for uh, veteran or open top transports that are armor value seven or higher is that yep. they basically uh, react to pins the same way as closed top vehicles with weapons that can't penetrate them but are heavy. So um, mm-hmm. regulars take the pin on a four plus, vets ignore them, experienced always take them. I really like yeah. this because if you just, you're to, I think what, what tends to happen is that people try to either buff armored carriers or they tried to make softkins weaker when you said no if you pay the points they will be more useful 
And so a regular, as we know, already has a premium attached to it because it's not points efficient as is. So you yeah. said, why don't we just give the regular a 50% chance to ignore small arms fire? I like that. Well, this is, this is actually, this rule was actually, this has been floating around for a very long time. Uh, this was actually something that the Bolt Action Alliance, uh, we used to run, when I was part of the Alliance, we used to run a rule set and about every six months, we do revisions and right. new rules, and this is where, like you know, in version one, we used to, we are you know our first rule set. We had like five point light machine guns, mm -hmm. and you put something like that in place, and all of a sudden everybody starts taking light machine guns because yeah. they're. And you got to remember, back then there were only three shots, yeah, and it yeah, wasn't yeah. very yeah, it wasn't very effective. Like you know, twenty points for three shots, you're like that doesn't work. But then you make them five points, and all of a sudden it's like. Yeah. Shut up and take my money. Pretty Shut up and take much, my yeah. point. Yeah, exactly right. All of a sudden you saw light machine guns. But yeah, the whole thing with the um, the uh, the um, armored open top transports that was a thing that we ran, I think in like the second or third iteration of the rules, and it was great because all of a sudden it was like, oh, if I take this and pop these guys in here, then you know, I mean, you're paying the premium if you want to go and pay you know veteran veteran money for a you know a half track, that's a, that's an expensive transport. Mm. But you can get your boys up the board, you know, potentially with no pins. That's nice. Yeah, and now now lists like the um, armored infantry list that you get yeah. from you get a couple of different flavors now mm. really feel like how those lists fought i know that sort of when it came to cavalry uh, as i suppose mounted soldiers actually fighting out of half tracks that was a very late war thing both for the us and for the germans but that doctrine ended up being in there if you look at sort of the, the panzer grenadier company um field manuals mm. it tells you that mm. you can fight from the half track because you're more or less immune to small arms fire you're you're yeah. you know uh, walking pillbox and it's good that this actually allows that but the crew actually has to be capable of doing that you know if you get a bunch of regulars that they're going to get a little bit shaky with enough machine gun fire but that's what we a, thought that's a, where we yeah. were at a bunch, yeah a bunch the veteran, of veteran guys yeah exactly yeah the veteran yeah. guys are going to be hunkered down in their half track in their you know in, in, in whatever and they're just going to be like small arms fire it's fine just keep going boys just keep yeah. going yeah Whereas your inexperienced crew are going to shit themselves the first time somebody, you know, throws yeah. a pine cone at them. Like, it is what it is. It's fine. I love it. So the other thing, next one, soft skin vehicles are destroyed on a 2 plus if they receive damage from any weapon with a pen value. Uh, yeah, so instead of rolling on the damage chart, and like I'm, I, I'm, my, my 2020 LRDG list is a perfect example of this. Yeah. Is one of the one of the strategies that I was able to employ to win my games was by presenting people with trucks, soft skin trucks, because the change in V2 where they had to roll on the vehicle damage chart once they received damage makes them very survivable. Yep. And you're like, oh, you put a pin on me. Okay, well, you know, let, let's see what your roll is. Okay, well, there's a damage result. Okay, what is it? Oh, it's immobilized. I don't care. It's it's a truck. I don't, I, I don't mind. So the mm. whole idea was just like, it, to tell you the truth, the person who came up with this change was Pete West. Yeah. He said, what about, you know, he said, this is a rule, because we have an entire group dedicated towards the idea of maybe making this this companion rule yeah. set, you know, this house rule set, something a bit more official. And Pete came up with this idea and it was just like, holy crap, that's, yeah, I agree with that completely. Like, there has been a little bit of pushback on this one. Um, I imagine it's from people who like to run trucks a lot, myself included, but... Um, I think it's a perfectly reasonable... I mean, trucks are under-costed for what they do anyway. I mean, a truck with an MMG for 54 points is probably the best 54 points you can spend in the game. Yeah. Or because if, you've got a battle you've got yeah. a battle taxi that can drop drop you guys off, hose everyone down, and the boys get out, and then you've got a mobile machine gun platform just to mm. hold people back. It's great. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, we've just nerfed it a little bit. And I think, you know, there's there's a couple of places that 
um, it's actually slightly more efficient. Like if you take a light anti-tank gun, pen four, you roll a two to, to damage it, you were on the destroy table anyway, you were going to be doing yeah. fine. But with something like an anti-tank rifle, which is only pen three, um, on a two plus, you two. still destroy it. Oh, sorry, pen two. Yeah. On a two yep. plus, you still destroy it. I like that because what it does is it makes the really... I mean, an anti-tank rifle will take out a truck. It's an anti-materiel that's right, yeah. I mean, you look at it like people. <laughs> so, so people were actually sort of complaining about this one a little bit, saying that it made vehicles. It made, I think it was like somebody was saying it made veterans more survivable than trucks, with you know for things like heavy machine guns. Yeah. And yeah, you know what? I'll 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 pay that. It kind of does. But I mean, I'll tell you this: um, it's a lot easier to hit you know a very large metal moving target than it is to hit a single individual who's trying um, to hide from you and the cover yeah, yeah. and turn fire. Yeah, <laughs> and if you want to, and and if you want to get really, if you want to get really sort of like, oh well, that makes no sense. Well, answer me this: like a an armor seven, an armor seven vehicle getting shot up the bum. Um, what's the armor value that, that has? Oh, that's five. That's actually less than a soft skin. Yeah, you're telling me that shooting a Hellcat up the ass is the same as shooting a veteran? Like you know, as far as yeah, wounding. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm sorry, but there's already there's already precedence within this game that states that the, yeah, this is the same. I think so. Let's just let's move past that. I think people get very caught up on like niche cases of logic oh, and yeah. action rather yeah, than like yeah. no no the game's an abstraction. If you try to apply logic consistently, it falls apart. Don't. But yeah, we know 100%. that because it's a game system. It's not a logic yeah. engine. You know what I mean? Like if, it's apples for apples, yeah. oranges for oranges. Yeah, I that's think, right. That's hundred yeah. percent correct. It's one of those things you just take it with a grain of salt. The idea was that we wanted to make um, soft skin vehicles that they're, they're very good at what they do. So mm-hmm. let's just take a little bit of take a little bit of wind out mm-hmm. of the sails. Still make them brutally offensively, you know, effective, yeah. but defensively, let's just sort of wind it back a bit, and we'll go from there. I, I love it. Uh, suppression infantry MMG teams, not squad based. Fair enough. Uh, now oh, inflict yeah. one pin on a unit that is declared as a target within range using a fire order plus additional pin if they hit, can only suppress the same unit once per turn. Uh, That's right. Is this is this just a straight buff to MMGs? Is that really what we're going for here? Or the uh, MMG team specifically? We... Yeah, teams. That's right. Yeah. 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 Infantry, uh, MMG teams. And this is something that the Juggernauts had been running previously, mm. and we've pilfered it from them. MMG teams do need a buff. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, no arguments um, here. The, the, the only time I uh, took the, uh, MMG teams was the airborne uh, engineer MMG teams who start hardcover, dug in, in ambush. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, 60, right. that's I mean, 75 points well spent. <laughs> yeah. To actually find something that's more points ineffective than an MMG team, you would probably have to dig out an IS-3. Yeah. And... <laughs> How often are you going to see that on the table? Yeah, no, unless you're rubes. Unless you're rubes. Well, yeah, but he's crazy enough to run two IS-3s and a Tachanka. Because, yeah, you know, yeah I love that list. Here. That's a good list. Um, but it's also that thing of the suppression role is what those weapons were designed for. Yep. 100%. It's yep. not a a weapon of mass destruction. It's a weapon of mass get the fuck down. Yeah. Yep. If one of those is firing, you want to be sucking as much dirt as possible and as quickly as yep. possible. So and I'll give it to you. Hang on, sorry. I just just jump in quickly. I've played against this rule when I went to the UK. I had MMG yeah. shooting at me, and it does. It takes the first time it happens to you, where they say, "Oh, I'm going to target that squad. Take a pin." I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you do that." Oh wow. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's powerful. I like that. 
Ooh, mm. I think I need to get one of these in my list. This is really good. Yeah. But it 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 accurately portrays how that weapon was supposed to be used. Sorry, Hari, continue. I'm I won't jump yeah. in again. No, all good, man. Um, the restriction on it not being squad based that was something that we saw potentially arising from weapons like the Vickers K, SAS. German, yeah, German LMGs that get the additional shot. Yeah. Yep. You know, the arguments about does that count as an MMG back and forth. We wanted to avoid that, but also some of the units that appear in theater books, like the Japanese uh, MMG squad, mm. mm-hmm. they've got it. They get enough of a buff. Yeah. Yeah. They're already fanatics as of, the second from most recent FAQ, they now fireproof. They don't need any more buffs. I think. So yeah, my only sort of, um, I guess, and we're not lawyers, and 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 it's probably. I mean, you use the word precedent, so you can't blame me for it. But I think the uh, the only issue is like auto pinning as a precedent is very dicey. I I agree with it in terms of infantry MMG teams. I haven't played it, so I'm gonna. I'm going to keep my opinions to myself until I've actually played it and seen it in a game. I think that's that's only fair. Um, but I just think, broadly speaking, auto-pinning on on anything in bolt action is very dicey. Um, yeah, uh, I think, I, I think I, in this I, context, I, it's fine. If you started going other places, you're just like, oh, man. <laughs> no, well, this is, no, yeah, but this yeah, is yeah. why we've, we've only awarded it to this specific thing yeah. because this specific thing was designed within combat to to perform that exact role yeah yeah we've just we've just yeah and there was there's been all kinds of um there's been all kinds of arguments and you know how to fix mmgs the one that we very nearly came down on was um uh, mmgs now inflict d3 pins yeah um yeah that was and then all of a sudden you think wow that's really really cool i like that but then talking to the juggers they the good thing about the juggers is if they come along with like they've got an entire rule set that i I highly recommend you go and check out because some of the stuff they're running is really cool yeah. yeah Um, but they're very, very good at coming up with something. And then people like Pete and Toph, um, yeah, Dan and uh, Sheffy and all those guys will then play the ever-living bags out of it. Petey will actually collate all the data and think, right, what works? Why does this work? Why does this not work? Ha- have we gone and made something too powerful? Have we taken the wind out of this, out of this thing sails too much? They're, they're very, very good at sort of collating all their data and coming up with the best possible um, result and when we said D three pins, they said, "Yeah, that's that's all very very well and good, but how are you going to go with American players who can take three of them?" And now, like they got three yeah. units that are all kicking out D three pins. It's um, yeah. yeah, you can you could potentially pin a regular unit off the board um, in one turn, just you know, yeah. and not kill anybody. Yeah. So yeah, there was that was the idea. Is just like you know what that's. I see where you're coming from there. Just putting an auto pin on there and then the additional pin, if you get the hit, brilliant. That's, yeah, yeah that, sure that if, fixes that. I'm not sure if you guys caught it in Monday Musings. Um, Alessio and Marcus were talking about gripes people had with the bolt action rule set and if there's a V3 coming and, and things like this. And one of the ones, one of the nuggets of that that, that I always keep referring to is that during playtesting, Alessio played D3 mgs um they actually play tested that in the lead up to v2 and he's like horrifyingly oppressive don't do it yeah and he says i mean and and he says the one thing they didn't try was d2 and he admits that that would probably work he's like d2 pins like you know that was you saw the game design and gears turning and he was like yeah that actually could work we just never tried it um yeah i mean the thing that because i had the same conversation with friends and you know former opponents and 
the D3 debate rage back. Yeah, forth. yeah, yeah. What decided for me was I went up to the Armour Artillery Museum at Cairns and I looked at a 25-pounder. And then I went and looked at a 30-cal machine gun. And I went, I'm sorry, but Jimmy getting shot by a 30-cal versus Jimmy getting shot by a 25-pounder, one of those things is going to is going to terrify me more, and it's not the 30-cal. Mm. It's Jimmy turning into a pink mist because yeah. an 88-millimeter round has just gone right through him. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's... I get that people want, you know, increase the amount of pins they throw out. Well, hang on a second. Take a step back. Look at it within the wider context of the bolt-action narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Where does it fit on the landscape? Yeah. It doesn't fit at that same pinning value as a 120 millimeter mortar. Yeah. It's one of the, it's it is one of those things though that like I mean since I mean ever since V1 medium machine guns have been a joke. Mm. They just they're not if you look at you what you know I'm going to spend 50 points on a medium machine gun that's going to get sniped out or am I going to go and spend 54 points on a on a, a truck that can transport 12 guys that's that's got a medium machine gun on it as well that needs a 6 to kill it. Yeah. A six yeah. I think I'll take the it. truck. Potentially, yeah, potentially, <laughs> maybe. Well, I mean, it's it was something with the, with, the, with the penetration value. Yeah. But yeah, it's one of those things where if you look at like, you know, those two things, one of them is points effective. The other one is just not. Mm. If you want to be themey and, you know, run something that's you know, more power to you, I'll, I'll take my hat off to you. But it's one of those things where I just feel that this small tweak, I look, I'm... And I've been told, I said this to Hari only a day or so ago. I cannot wait for the post-CanCon data crunch when we can actually look at everything and look at who bought you know what was the most prevalent nation what was you know what people bringing how many Panzerfaust did we see how many snipers yada yada and then oh oh, it's going to be incredible i cannot wait it's going to be so cool tristan man after my own heart if you want somebody to look at that data send me that data i will grab no 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 no, no, no. yeah no no i think we'll we'll get everybody we'll get everybody in on it but the idea is i want to like the big thing that i will be looking at is who took armored open top transports and who took um, medium machine guns? Because if if I can prove definitively that those two rules saw a marked increase in both of those things, it's a win, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah. it's just well, congratulations. You know, you know, take your teddy and your toffee apple and head on home, boy. You you had a good one. Yeah, like, it's I mean, good. Final word on the uh, MMGs. They were already a bad choice, as Tristan pointed out. Then campaign battle of France dropped. And Germans got access to 35-point LMG teams that can move and shoot. Yeah, yeah. Nice. When the hell were you ever going to see a medium machine gun after that? Nope. Oh, it's in the reinforced platoon selector. Great, I can take one. Done. And hilariously... It's now a on every list that I run. It's fantastic. And hilariously enough, like, if anybody should have got it, it should have been the Americans because the 30 cal yeah. is the LMG. <laughs> it's the same gun. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's 100% correct. And, yep. And, Not and, agree more. I mean, look, I know we said final words and MGs, but the reason we call ourselves HMG Podcast is because... We want to give value to that unit because it has no value in the game. Oh, don't even, yeah, don't even start me on that. Like the American, the American heavy machine guns. That's just like the machine gun teams. I, I ran one once, and that was like very early days. And I remember I put it down. I think I was playing Garrett, and I'm like, "All right, I've got this in my list." And he's like, "Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, a bit of fun there." And um, I think started turn two. He's like, "Right, my sniper's going to shoot those guys." I'm like, "Oh yeah, cool." And they're dead. That's it. Didn't even get to shoot. I was like, these are useless. This is worse than you. It cost me a lot of money and it's useless. Three shots. No, throw that in the bin. Never the, take that again. The only American thing I have unpainted and I have about 3,000 points <laughs> of Americans is a HMG team. Yeah. Because I bought it when I first started and then I looked at yep. the rules and I went, never. oh, no. I'm never bringing this. Uh, no, so is exactly that a commitment right. for CanCon 2024? We make HMGs good so that 
you yep. know, people actually take them. Absolutely. Yeah, you'll, get, you'll get six shots. It'll do D6 pins. <laughs> With a plus seven pen. With a plus seven pen. I mean... A, a fully automatic flag 88. I mean, I don't... <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this about specifically the 50 cal, the Mardus from the US. It was originally designed as an anti-tank machine gun. So really, it should have pen too. It's an anti-tank rifle. It's just belt-fed, which I think, like, if you... It, happiness is a belt-fed machine gun. We all know this. Speaking of things that aren't belt-fed but should be, light machine guns in squads. Um, yep. there's, there's a bit of a paragraph there. There's a couple of limitations. But basically, what it comes down to full squad of infantry that's greater than nine, so 10 or more, you get a free yep. machine gun if you take yep. it at full strength. Yep. Yeah. The, the key caveats. is yeah. that yeah. Yeah. the yeah. squad has to first have access to it yeah. as part yeah. of the unit entry. Yeah. Um, again, this one, light machine guns are essentially the basis of any infantry squad from yep. the second squad. Squads are built around light machine guns. Yeah. Yep. Unless and... it's in a small squad. Yeah, and, and then it's just built around this... lots of smaller assault machine guns. <laughs> yeah, and I like this guy. <laughs> people just don't take them because they are points inefficient. Yeah. yeah. Now we kicked around the idea of do we go back to the five point light machine gun, and the answer there was no. They've had a shot buff. Five points for four shots or five shots, depending on what nation you play. It's, it's a good appealing, hustle. but. Yeah. It no. is, yeah, it's very it's efficient. too good for what it is. Yeah, it is, yep. Do we go 10 points? Well, there were arguments that, for and against. Yeah, that, that was a that was a near-run thing that nearly became yeah. a thing. Um, I think, personally, I think... I'm still in favor of the 10-point machine guns. Yeah. But incentivizing people to take full-strength squads rather than giving them an option for a cheap one where they might go MSU. Because it's a buy-in. machine guns yeah. until yeah. The, you know, the cows come home. Yeah. Whereas you go full strength, okay, you get a free machine gun. Yeah. yeah. There's your candy. A, a cheap, a cheap machine gun, if anything, actually encourages a five or six man squad with two like machine guns more. Yeah. Than, oh yeah, absolutely. That it does. I think I agree with your point about sort of ten point machine guns being light machine guns being about right. You know, BAR is five points for two shots at thirty inches. You yeah. Can move. That roughly, yeah, roughly works out to be yeah about right. I get that, but I think. I, I very much see your point that um, I think we've talked about a little bit and I don't necessarily disagree with the line of thinking, but just an additional form of thinking is that things can be useful and not points efficient. It's obviously, we talk about this a mm. lot. You guys will know this as well. It's about how you use the unit and the role that it's serving. Yeah. A squad with a, a rear a backline objective holder with a machine gun, a light machine gun or two, you know, with an extra 40 points is a tax, but you're not necessarily paying the points for the machine gun. You're paying the points for them to be able to sit at the back objective and still dish out pins and damage and all the other sorts of stuff. I yeah, mean, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's this is an tactics episode as much as I'm trying to change that. Um, but Anytime guess, you want to get us on the tactics, I'm happy to talk tactics. Uh, I like the yeah. idea. I like what we're changing. I like that change. Um, I also like it's just, that. It's, it's, it's a buy-in reward. Yeah. It's like, if you want that, and that, like, uh, uh, you know, people who want to complain about, oh, well, what about, you know, Japanese and what about the it's like yeah but dude you're going to take like you're going to have to paint up 20 blokes just to get a free are you really going to do that I mean if you're going to do that cool I'm behind all that yeah, yeah. oh no but you're doing are... hobby oh what a threat yeah exactly right <laughs> and then there's people who are complaining about oh what about the Schutzen well I don't think that Schutzen can't get up to the numbers you need to get them up to in order to access that. and you've already getting a free one so you're not going to get a... yeah, no you're you not getting a... you're not no, you can't get the double, double dip, dip that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know 
in the event that we get an oddity of a finish player going, why can't I get a free light machine gun? I'm thinking, why the hell would you want to throw away your rifle for a light machine gun? Yeah, 100%. Are, yeah. Like, uh, but I think <laughs> there's only, I think that it's this, uh, th there's only like one squad within the fins yeah, who can actually access that. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And they're like, you know, those are the guys you load up with submachine guns and Panzerfaust. Yeah. Like, you don't fart around with, yeah. Anyway, so the that's, other that's. Point, yeah, yeah, please. The other yep. dot point to that rule is that motorcycle infantry squads with LMGs, you can fire them as part of an advanced move. Mm. It just, the idea of a bunch of motorcycles bombing across the field, firing for all they're worth, I love it. Yeah. It's hilarious. And it gives mm. Tristan a reason to paint up Schnell's Angels. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's better. Just... I he think... pitched an absolute horrifying list where it's just it's motorcycles for days. So the only things on motorcycles. So I, this is this is a question I actually had about this. I think I know the answer, but I'll ask it. Um, yeah, motorcycles in the armored car slot obviously act like soft skin vehicles because mm -hmm. they're, they're armor value seven. Yeah. But motorcycle infantry act like infantry on motorcycles and not armored cars. So I'm assuming that because it's a soft skin. Um, it'll be killed on a two plus and a heavy weapon if it's in the armor car slot. Um, yes. Yeah. Cool. Unit blanket, much the blanket the, soft skin. Yeah. Cool. The guideline there is if it functions as a vehicle. Yeah. The vehicle section of that rule will apply to it. Yeah. yeah if it looks like a vehicle, a, drives like yeah. a vehicle, it's a vehicle. Yeah. The only like the only gray area really is the infantry squads on motorcycles. They still act as infantry. Yeah. Of course. Mm. It may be confusing to some people, but we're just trying to work within the framework of what we've been given. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, if we tried to go back and fix everything to make this a seamless integration. Obviously not your intent. Yeah. I'd yeah. be 40 before we were yeah. done. Yeah. And yeah. I, 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 I didn't mean to bring that up as a potential criticism of you or the rules pack. It was more so no, just highlighting that the, yeah, that the game has the same things. It just applies them inconsistently yeah. sometimes. Uh, the last point is very near and dear to my heart, and I think this has to be my favorite rule change. Not to say that the you other ones are both. terrible, but you and me both. Piats, bazookas, Panzerschrecks. Is that shape charge? Basically, the shape charge special rule. Yeah, um, everything, exclu everything excluding Panzer. Yeah, Panzerfaust. Uh, Panzerfaust right. are already good for what they do. You okay. don't. Yeah. They, they did not. They're not getting this buff. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, one inch HE template with fire against units in the building, same way like Mortarwood. I've. Yeah. I've used this as a special rule in missions I've written for VC on the trail, the the Vietnam bolt action mm. supplement with M79s and a few things like that. Yeah. And, and laws oh, the Wombat gun. <laughs> and, and laws and that sort of thing. I'm like, it just makes sense because you would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I like that. I think it it's so many times I mean, I've gone, I would really like to put a bazooka round into that building. That would feel about yeah. right and not, mm. not really be able to do anything about it. Yeah. I mean, that's, historically, that's how they were used. There's so many accounts of bazookas being fired at buildings to neutralize MG nests, yeah. or to make a door, yeah, or to yeah. make a door. Uh, like for the Piat in the in the operators manual for the Piat, it's it's called housebreaking, and it's that exact it's that exact thing. Awesome. When you're Love in a it. when you're in a building like in a in an urban fight, don't mm. fight to a door, just make one and go through that yeah. one. And when you get to another yeah. wall, just make another door and keep doing that because your opponent's not going, they might come through that wall. They're going, they're going to come through that window, <laughs> you know, just housebreak with the peer. It's exactly yeah. like, and again, yeah, it that's just... just an attempt on our part to simulate a round of that caliber detonating in an enclosed space. Yeah. Yeah. The damage is going to be magnified. Yeah. Right. And, and, and also like, even if it doesn't, go through a window it'll still punch through the wall you'll get the shape charge yeah. it'll do all the shape charge nonsense which is what they're yeah absolutely to do. uh yep 
any other sort of rules changes? I know there's an FAQ section, but that you guys want to cover before we move on to prizes? I don't. Th- I think that's about it. Yeah. Um. It's. I, I think it, it is worth pointing out that despite the fact that we have, um, you know, we've we've made these changes and we're you know we're sort of spruiking this as you know a, a really good you know fun competitive event and you know biggest in the country and yada yada yada. We still have got a listing committee that's made up of was it four or five of us now. Yeah. Um. Of all the you know the, the and these are all people who will not be categorically playing at CanCon in any okay. capacity at all. And yeah, we're still running. Um. Yeah, list to, reviews. To list reviews basically to like catch out any sort of you know weird combinations that we like. You know, Hari and I miss stuff, so you know why would we engage the you know other people? And yeah, that makes up a big part of it because they are also they were also instrumental in writing these um, you know these rules changes. They're going to understand you know the, the the interactions that can happen in between units, and they're very good at catching things out. So yeah, we are running competitive, but we're also running it, you know, in the spirit of the Australian meta. I wanted to get that out. Yeah, fair enough. I think I think after having heard the rules changes, I'm going to have to see what a flight to Canberra is because I found Good. an event where an armored infantry company would work wonders. Uh, multiple bazookas, uh, you know, veteran half tracks, uh, HMGs. Maybe not HMGs, but you know, MMGs. Just bring a lot of MMGs. I might bring yeah. a HMG just for the meme. Uh, <laughs> do it get it painted I'll, I'll, no I will just tack it onto one of the half tracks just like here's, here's my 30 point upgrade for an MMG alright oh. so now that we've talked about the absolute gift that is being able to play bolt action um, in person talk, tell me about prizes we've we've hinted at some slabs of beer which is absolutely something I need to implement um, provided I don't get sued by anybody uh, what else have we got tell us about your prize support Go on, Harry. Okay. Um, first of all, we have the trophies from Warlord, and they've been Official supplied trophies. to us through Amazing. War and Peace games. Yeah, the uh, gigantic uh, bullet trophy. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a scaled up version of that. Oh, and very nice. I'm going to say to anyone listening, if you get one, do it's not drop it on your foot. No. It will hurt. No. It will be in pain for a couple of days. Yeah, it's we're essentially we're we're if you win that, we've essentially gifted you your tombstone. Very nice. Because yeah. it's just it's big enough for that. Yeah, and your epitaph will just read, "He won CanCon 2023." Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Well, you That's won't it. need to. It'll be on the. It'll be on the yeah. yeah, grand champion. Um, we also have a bunch of ex um, special figures as random prize giveaways. Very nice. We've got eight of those kicking around. Uh, We have the very fine and upstanding gentleman from War Games Atlantic have come to the table in spades. Amazing. Um, Good on them. Tristan, do we want to drop the the goodies bag? You know what? Let's make it a HMG exclusive. HMG exclusive. I don't don't think we've even released this on the Bacon Burgers yet. This is LVO all over again. This is is journalism right here. So CanCon 2023, every player will receive a goodie bag. In that bag, you will find... Barry's phone number. (laughs) Yeah, where to get cheap Panthers. You'll find an event exclusive D6. Courtesy yep. of our friend Adam Brooker at oh, yes. Advice of War. Adam, well you done. You will find a horde of marketing material. You will Fair also enough. find a single sprue from either the War Games Atlantic Italian or Panzer Lair box. 
I can wow. confirm that right now in my front room, I have 30 boxes of infantry <laughs> from War Games Atlantic in yeah. two different boxes. Uh, they they were generous at a level that I was not prepared for, and my like, they, that's amazing. those guys well done. hold a place. They will hold a place in my heart forever. So um, yeah, Hudson, Carl, the team. To me, I said, "Go on, pitch it to War Games Atlantic." Yep. And I think initially we were kind of kicking around the idea of like 10 or 12 boxes and they went, here's 30. Yeah, we can <laughs> do that. Like... I was shocked. <laughs> um, it... You'll also, it, sorry, in that goodie bag, is, sorry, yeah, you were going to say something about War Games Atlantic? Oh, I was just going to say you get like five sprues in a box, right? So you're well covered yep. for your 80, 100 plays. Everybody's, it was, a, it was an idea that I, I owe this idea to Andrew Baxter. He ran an event in, uh, he ran CanCon last year. He also yeah. ran an event in um, Melbourne this year before Conquest. Right. Uh, where, yeah, every player got a show bag. And in that was a sprue from Perry, uh, some other bits and wow. pieces okay. and yada yada. And I'm like, you know what? It's a great idea. Let's see if we can replicate that and build mm-hmm. on it. So, yeah, you know, like we initially, we, we thought we'll see what we can do. So you'll get the sprue from War Games Atlantic. You'll get the um, custom D6. You're going to get some, um, you know, little bits and pieces. I'm going to see Kaiju to get some stickers and whatnot. Uh, you'll also receive a um, pre-painted um, small building um, from uh, Battlefield Accessories. Huh. So it's one of their, yeah, they've yeah, got yeah. a new range now where it's uh, like a modular building. It'll be something small, like a little outhouse or a chook shed or something. But um, yeah, everybody will receive one of those. So you'll get infantry, you'll get a little building and a dice. And you can get some other stuff. Every player will receive that before they even throw the first dice. Amazing. So you're walking home with prize before you've even played. I will. I will just point out: um, uh, don't use the dice on the day, just in case anybody else is, and then you have to do the dice count and see whose dice is whose. <laughs> yeah, potentially, potentially. These are look. They're they're um they're really good looking dice. Um, I'm pretty sure we've put uh so it's just a D6 and then the six has been replaced with a Bacon Burgers logo and CanCon 2024. Very nice. So um we got that idea for Moab. Anybody who's ever played against me will know that anytime I roll an important dice, I always use my the Moab. I think it's it's a yeah it's a Moab 2014 dice from when I went up there and yeah played at Moab. So yeah I, yeah it's it's one of those things. I wanted to, we wanted to give people something back. Absolutely. So, yeah, and then so yeah, some of the prize support will then be, um, you know, the actual prize table itself. We've got stuff coming from Rubicon, uh, well, War and yeah. Peace, Get on Rubicon, Warlord, Warlord, yeah, um, Eureka, uh, oh, wow. War Games Atlantic. Yeah, you know, I'm um, I'm really good mates with uh, Nick Robson from Eureka. The guy's an absolute super superstar. Um, I love I'm this going stuff. down. To, oh my god, yeah, the stuff by Costa is just. And every time I go in there, I feel bad because it's like <laughs> I I have. I, I get very into specific hobby stuff right. and I'm really, really good at annoying Nick in the way that I'll go in and say, can I get, you know, I want these little crates and I want these submachine guns and I want these heads. And he would just sort of say, oh, no, lad, you know, why don't you buy a whole army? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to collect Australians <laughs> just yet, Nick, but I will eventually and he will be the person I go to to see that. But, um, but yeah, like I said, Warlord, Am I missing anybody? I'm missing something. Deep Cut Studios. Oh, wow. um, yeah, Deep yep. Cut with the mats. Yeah. Yeah, Deep yep. Cut are, are helping us out. I've got a few um, of them for, for other systems, and they are top-notch quality. Oh, they're phenomenal. They I've are. i box out here. Um, Battlefield Accessories, uh, Knights of Dice. Sorry. Hey, Viv. Hey, did Yeah, Viv's <laughs> an absolute champion. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a real gun. No surprise that he's supporting your event. I was like, <sighs> Knights of Dice has got to be, he's probably one of our most regular and reliable supporters. Um, yeah. 
yeah and he's one of those other things like if you if you can um chop at knights of dice and, and all that good stuff all the terrain buildings i'm working on at the moment are knights of dice and yeah, if, on, if you're yeah. listening you're probably gonna hate this because i've got some ideas for modifications to the kits Good luck with that. (laughs) You you can't hear it, but somehow he heard that and he's crying in Heidelberg right now. I can hear him. It's all right, buddy. I won't let the bad man touch you. Um, So, yeah, uh, we've also... um, Micro Art Studio are trying to help us out, but um, they launched um, a new range of World War II. They seem to have filled the void that um, uh, Foreground have created. I haven't um, heard of micro if, art. Oh my god, go and have a look. It's it's pornography. Like good luck and protect your wallet at all costs. Um their stuff is amazing. Um but it is yeah, pre-painted terrain that you can just put together, pop on the table and away you go. And it is really nice looking stuff. Um the unfortunate thing was we asked for some prize support. They were very, very um encouraging initially. Um and then they launched properly, uh the word got out, and then all of a sudden they've gotten back to us and said we weren't prepared for this. Um, we may not be able to help you out, but even if they can't, I'm going to shout them out anyway. Those guys are amazing. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Your stuff is incredible. Uh, we hope to see some of it on the table on the day. Um, yeah, but, I'm you just know, having looks for it now. Jesus, this is amazing. I know they're based in. I think they're based in Poland or um, maybe the Czech Republic. Look, I'm not sure. it's it's a great problem for them to have. To be perfectly honest, oh, if if the reason they can't su- if the reason they can't support your prize is because everybody's buying their yeah. stuff, like I, yeah. I'm okay with that. You know, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at at the moment. Uh, it's been the other people you should look at are Empires of War. I'm going to be um, I'm going to buy some stuff from those guys. Uh, you definitely want to check that out. That's an English company that does um, pre-painted terrain. Right. Okay. But yeah, we're um, yeah. Those are the companies that were that are helping us out. Um, genuinely, um, just humbled with the uh, the support that they've all given us. Mm-hmm. Uh, War and Peace, especially, as per usual, those guys have just been absolutely amazing. So, um, yeah, look, um, people, you get, like if you come along to this event, you will end up going home with more than what you've you know with, with more than what you've spent to, to be there and and if you uphold um, the as it, no ooh, oh, that's a that's a dangerous thing to say sorry i say you will go home with something that is worth more than the entry money that you paid because i just think you know if like you know colder yeah, yeah. comes all the way from west australia he's going to go well no hang on that. my flight was very expensive <laughs> you know where's my where's my four thousand you know it's about four thousand dollars for the prize support i'm like i can't help you out with that <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think um well, fine, Tristan. We'll just send you back with him and then you can paint every army that he builds from here until the end of time. He wouldn't like that, trust me. I'd I'd irritate the crap out of him in about two days. He'd be like, I oh, just go home. Can you please go home? <laughs> I think just walk across the nullable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the, be- the well, you know, the best part about all of that is if bolt action players uphold their high standard of sportsmanship, you'll also just be able to crack beers that you didn't pay for. Which is which is really well, this just, is it, yeah. <laughs> nothing tastes as good as a free beer. I tell you what. Absolutely. Well, this is it, and I'm. I, I know that we do have a couple of um, underage players rocking up. Um, I'm reasonably certain that we're going to see a return of Logan Burke, which I'm very much looking forward to. He's a really good player, and it's it's young it's young guys like Logan who are the future of this hobby. Yep. Um, sure. You know, if for whatever reason Logan gets the nod um, as best sports. Um, we will find something to do. Uh, I will not be giving Logan beer. I'll give you that for free right now. Yeah. Um, I will probably give his dad the beer and I'll, I don't know, I'll fix, 
I don't know, I'll fix them up with 50 bucks or something. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I'll, yeah. I'll Look, it's pick a great problem. The table. Great problem that you need to solve is, is yeah. you have a sports yeah. surprise mm. that you can't give out. Like, like yeah. what, a, what a terrible place to be. The last, yeah. the, the exact opposite problem of not being able to give out sportsmanship prizes is the worst thing in the world. But yeah. I, I know a bolt action player is, uh, they will, they will bleed you dry of sportsmanship prizes. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's especially yeah. at CanCon. Everyone's everyone's just there to have a good time. You know, it's 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 going to be hot. It's going to be um it's going to be interesting. But I'm telling you now, I'm 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 really looking forward to this event. I think it's going to be great fun. Yeah, and I think even those of us who aren't going are also looking forward to the event. I'm very curious. I will try my best to be there, but uh, life being as it may, that may not be an option for me. You bet I will be watching from the sidelines all the way over in Perth if I'm not there. Um, you know. Yeah. I'm going to be, I want like round updates. I want to see those spreadsheets at the end. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited. And as I said, there's, there's an even chance I'm not even going to be there and I'm, I'm chomping at the bit just to see the event come to life. Well, it's pretty good because we're actually taking up um, almost like an admin team. So Hari and I will be the TOs on the day helping out. We've got, um, for people who used to listen to the Ghost Army podcast way, way, way back in the day, we've got Anthony the Rocketman Mason coming up to run... Um, uh, our um, admin laptop, you know, yeah. scores and all the rest yeah. of it. He's a, he's a data machine, and I'm pretty sure that we have um, uh, Hari's partner Ebony coming up to help us as well. Yeah, hmm. she is currently slave driving me to get through terrain. <laughs> good on her. Fantastic. Yeah, good. That's <laughs> no, what I want to hear. Yeah, we're gonna have a full admin team there, and you know, I'm sure if we could wrangle it with insurance overheads, we'd find some way to get me zip lining from the ceiling to get overhead shots of every board. <laughs> but no, Tristan, that is not happening. I think about it, I was, I, was, I was thinking about that today. I'm thinking about the possibility of maybe getting a drone. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, drone is good. And just having a small camera operator, you know, a, a, drone, a camera on a drone and literally just doing a very quick flyover of all the tables and then... I imagine that someone will come over and crack the shits at us for doing it, but you know, if we can just do it quickly, we might be able to get that sh that footage we need, and then cut it to cut a video together after the event. How's that? Yeah, that would be fa that how's would be fantastic, actually. How's that for a call to action? Bolt action players, if you have a drone, bring it to CanCon. <laughs> yeah, but you yeah, won't be able to. You, you, yeah, yeah, don't you don't use it in your list. Do not use it in your list. I don't. I, uh, Wrong yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm rolling to bring my drone on. What do I need? Two plus, mate. Yeah, just a US list with a predator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, I traded um, my three media machine gun team for a Hellfire missile. <laughs> exactly, right, yeah. For an A-10 Warthog. It's going to be great. Trust me. All right. Uh, now now we're getting very dangerously close to writing a new rule set, which is Bolt Action Modern. So before we do that... Any parting words, gentlemen, for the HMG listeners and anybody else who's tuned in? Come to and have fun. Yeah, what Sorry. I said. For anyone who's thinking or a little bit on the fence about, or oh, I don't know if I want to commit to CanCon, commit to CanCon. Mm. Because trust me, from the minute you walk into the door to the minute you go home, you're going to have a great time. Yep. There's going to be the usual bolt action madness. You're going to walk home with loot as soon as you get there. Yep. You got, like, it is the biggest event in the Southern Hemisphere. Canberra is also a really nice place to visit. Lots yeah, of roundabouts, but it's a lovely place. So, <laughs> other roundabouts. If you want to come over, play some great games of bolt action, visit the War Museum, yes. visit the only tank that was stolen twice, Yep. come to CanCon. You won't regret it. Hang yep. on, have they still got Mephisto? Yeah. I thought they went back up to Cairns. No, it was never in Cairns. 
Oh, okay. I'm wrong then. Again. Yeah, it was in Brisbane, but I'm fairly certain it's still in Canberra. I'm reasonably certain that there's a there's a Tristan on a podcast drinking game at this stage where as soon as I say something wrong, somebody takes a drink, and most episodes I'm on, people end up shit-faced. So. Look, for anyone who's familiar with World of Warships or World of Tanks, Tristan, you are the mighty jingles of the Bacon Burgers podcast. Because as soon as you get something wrong, someone's not going to shop back. 100%. Yeah. Too right. All right. So we went from a call to action to get people to play bolt action at CanCon, which you absolutely should do, to drinking. So before yeah. we get sued for liability in alcoholism, liver damages, and all of the above, which we're absolutely <laughs> not liable for, uh, nope. this has been HMG. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us the show. You've heard it here first. There is an exclusive hobby bag that's going to be for you for CanCon. And please just go and play and have a good time with your friends. Is that so hard? Thanks for having it's us. It's a pleasure to be here. And at some point, I will be over in WA to play against you. Uh, absolutely. Grudge match locked in. Thanks, everyone. 